an exciting day, Tommy. Before we even get before we get into, into anything, hockey is back today. Oh, hockey is back. It was beautiful. Um, it was magnificent. And then it ripped our hearts out. <laughs> it did. It did. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And, uh, well, the time is 9.22 Eastern, 8.22 Central. We are about uh, 10 minutes removed. Five minutes after the game. Yeah, five <laughs> yeah. minutes removed from the uh, final verdict in, in the Blues-Avs game. We had to hop on and record a pod right afterwards. We, we weren't going we to let this one sit till tomorrow morning. We had to get our thoughts uh, right out on the air as soon as possible. But before we even get into today's episode, i got to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. <laughs> Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will need. All right, Tommy, where do we even begin? Um, first of all, I think we can clarify by saying today's episode, this will be Monday's episode, this is going to be the Blues game, only the Blues game, nothing else. rest of the weekend's games and all that, plenty, plenty to talk about throughout the week, but I think we're going to have trouble containing this into one episode, but let's try our best. Yeah, yeah I just... Uh, <sighs> I just feel like there's so much to unwrap from this game. It's about the playoffs as a whole and also about, like, the players and the team and, like, where they're at. Where do you want to start, Josh? (laughs) Um, All right. My overall thoughts of the game. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, before we get into the individual plays that drove some emotion um, in in me. That's all I'll say. Um, Because there were some plays that I... uh, have some thought, but before that, I will say uh, everyone looks a little rusty. Players and officials alike, um, and I think when you're creating a playoff atmosphere, early quote unquote early on in a season like this, you know, guys are just getting fresh. It's going to create for some sloppy, unorthodox plays, um, like we saw in the Nashville game with that weird ass goal that bounced off Duchesne's chest over the over Saros' shoulder and there's going to be some weird stuff I think that was really apparent just in terms of sloppy plays you know mishandling pucks lots of penalties um so I think my biggest takeaway is that winner I can tell right away win or lose it wasn't going to be a good indication of the overall team's ability either overall team's ability I was more looking at individual a lot of individual little things and I think in terms of the little things there were there was a lot a lot a lot to be happy about a lot of good performances from players that we needed good performances from obviously a lot of stuff to work on a lot of stuff to tie up but the struggles that the Blues had I think a lot of those can be attributed to it's their first high-speed hockey game in five months um, yeah and I think I think it's notable too to uh <laughs> like bring up the fact that there was an uptick in energy, you know, because that exhibition game against Chicago um, looked exactly like an exhibition game, I think, just in terms of energy and like the guys weren't really skating at game speed. Um, just kind of like getting their feet wet, whereas Chicago had to get up to game speed a lot quicker. So they were trying to, they were trying to do that. Um, but I think this game was a lot closer to the blues game in terms of 
energy, like I said. Um, I think, like you said, there's a lot of little things to take away. I know Robert Thomas had to have been trending on Twitter for a while after he juked two guys at once out of their skates. Like, that was I, stupid. Oh, my God. I, the dude. It, that that the play was so insane. good because – It's insane. Okay, if we're going to start getting into the nitty-gritty. That play was so good because there was, for a moment there, there was like one second where it looked like he, where it looked like he fucked it up. You know, where he went behind the net and he made that little move. You're like, oh, that would have been so cool if he pulled it off, but he didn't. And all of a sudden, he just reemerges with the puck again. And I just, yeah. oh my God, he pulled it off. Um, also, his, his neutral zone entries are probably the best on the league. Yeah, his confidence is. Yeah, all right. So far let's just, let's, okay. Incredible. Let's, elephant in the room, Robert Thomas. Let's talk about yeah. it. Holy <laughs> let's shit. Let's talk about it. Um, I, 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 I'm firing it. I feel like we've been saying it since episode one. He's had the skill. He has the ability. It's all about that confidence. I feel like we've always hammered that home. And if you had to describe his play tonight, I feel like the best word is confident. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you talked about it before when referring to uh, Nathan McKinnon, actually, how there's some players in the league who just kind of like take it over. It's like a, Le, it's like LeBron kind of like when yeah. the game gets, clutch and like they want the puck on their stick and they try right. and like not try and do everything themselves but they kind of like orchestrate everything and the momentum and stuff the game um, runs through I, them the game flows right, through exactly them. i think you referred to them as a game breaker and i think that's right. a good term to use for robert thomas as well yeah yeah and we definitely saw it um here tonight is is you know guys like that they have a tendency to just hop over the boards for for a, for a 90 second shift and and, and say all right no matter refs, 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 fans, opponents, teammates, you're all going to be looking at me. Enjoy. Just goes out there, t- steals the puck off of an opponent's stick, weaves in and out of six guys, goes behind the net, banks out of the net, does basically does whatever he wants for a full shift. Maybe doesn't get a good op- good scoring opportunity. Maybe he does. Maybe he gets a goal. Maybe he gets a, a good assist. Point is, he's going to make something happen. And as you know, time continues, as he continues to build up that confidence, that momentum, you know, those plays are going to turn into goals more and more often. He's going to see, start seeing patterns. He's going to start getting more comfortable making those plays. And, and, and this is just the beginning. Um, you know, we're, we're not seeing, like I said, like I always say with him, he's, he's a guy that does the stat sheet, uh, stat sheet numbers are going to come second with him. You know, that's, the, that's the last thing that's going to develop of his game. First and, and it's foremost, ridiculous to think he's 21 years old. Yeah. And also, and also Are he's like me? the same age as me and I'm sitting, sitting in my recliner eating Doritos all day. Um, we could sign him to a 10 year contract today and he'd still have years left afterwards. That blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he's a special player for sure. And uh, an underrated player at that, I think just because those, those, like I said, the, the, the last part of his game to develop is probably going to be those goals and those assists just because it's, it's just a matter of, he has that elite thinking ability to put himself in the right place in the right time that, once he gets that down, then then the numbers will come. But mm-hmm. speaking he, he of uh, tonight, yeah, he did. Speaking of game developments, um, I feel like the Blues were a little more physical tonight than their Absolutely. exhibition game, uh, which you love to see. I don't think they're at full tilt yet, um, and I don't think we'll see that in the round robin series. Just because, I mean, we even saw Petrangelo go, go down tonight for a second, which was kind of scary. Yeah, yep. um, yeah, you, you want to avoid those injuries at all costs, and I think. Uh, that physical style of play is very grueling on the players uh, in terms of energy. So I feel like they'll probably hold that in their back pocket until uh, it's do or die games. But yeah. I do think it was a it was a good way to 
they get their they get their toes wet and dip their toes in the pool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and create that gradual uh, flow towards that level of the game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and in terms of physicality, one thing I really noticed that I think we we talked about a little bit. We talked about this guy a little bit um, on previous episodes. I think Justin Falk had a, a really really good game. Um, sort of a low profile, really really good game. Yeah. Uh, I feel like when you, when def- defensemen have a good game, it's because you don't notice them. You don't say their name a lot because they're not making turnovers, not out of position. But the few times I did notice Justin Falk, for example, the one thing that really comes to mind is Nathan McKinnon was sort of streaking up the ice on a potential two-on-one. Um, and Blues defenseman steps up and sort of just hits him off the puck. And I'm like, wow, that was a really good play on Nathan McKinnon. That's Petrangelo. And I'm like, wait, no, that's 72, not 27. Um, and I realized, oh, my God, Justin Falk steps up, makes a great play on maybe the best one-on-one player in the NHL, or second best after Connor McDavid, maybe. Who knows? But McKinnon, hard guy to he's stop. When sure. he's, yeah. Hard guy to stop when he's barreling downhill at you. Um, and, and he stepped up, made it look easy, made, did it with confidence. Um, and noticed that a few other times he was making good plays, good responsible plays on defense, creating a little bit of offense here and there. I think he had a really comfortable, confident game. Um, and I'm hoping that it, it can lead to him, you know, breaking out of his shell a little bit more. Produce it more yeah. like, he, like I know he wants to. Right, and I, I I don't think I don't doubt that it will honestly because I think I think it's a very mature thing um, to go on record in an article and say like you haven't been playing the best hockey and you're not you're not satisfied personally with your play because people can say what they want about you but like really it comes from within you know I don't mean Absolutely. to get all philosophical and stuff in here, but <laughs> the power it really does. yeah it really does and I think notifying like to yourself um that there was an issue and you want to fix it I think is the first step of fixing it and I think we're seeing the first steps of him like elevating his play to the level that we know that he's capable of. Yeah, and it also it also says to the fans, um, on one hand it says to the fans, like, hey, I know you're a little upset with me, but I'm holding myself responsible. I want to do better. I hope that you can respect that I'm trying to do better. But it also like says to the fans, like, it's a little bit of a reminder that, like, again, we say it all the time. These guys are people. And while we think we're kind of right. just screaming into the void on Twitter, I bet a ton of these guys, not a ton, but I bet, you know, every once in a while, these guys go on, search up their names and read, and read the shit that we're saying. They, they know. They know. Right. Or even if they um, don't search their names, like they, they can still see it somehow. Know, like right, yeah. they know these guys know when when the 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 fan uh, opinion when is positive or negative. Right, yep. they know, exactly. and and it's a bit of a reminder when like a guy like Justin Falk, who sure maybe didn't have the best season in the world, was he bad? Was he was he a bad player that cost the Blues? No. No, sure, maybe it took him a little bit to get oriented to the system. Maybe he was a little underwhelming compared to what we expected. Sure. But it was a little bit a little bit of a humbling experience, I think, for 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 me at least, seeing him release that article because it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe let's not be so hard on him. Let's see, let's see what he can do. And sure enough, he came out and was confident and and looked looked gave gave Blues fans a lot of reason to be um excited for the future. Yeah, exactly. I think um I don't know. Taking another way, like another individual appearance, or I guess performance. Mm. Um, a lot of people said that what Jordan Bennington did last year Ooh. couldn't be replicated. Ooh, let's, uh, yeah, you know what, Kami? I, I like that turn of thought. 
let's save that after for after our first break. But before we get into that that uh, really exciting potential thought, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at RockAuto.com. One reason to maintain and repair your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage or food, especially in a time like this when money is tight. Uh, so why would you spend up to thirty percent, fifty percent, or even one hundred percent more for the same auto part at a chain store? When you, when you can go to rockauto.com and get it for cheaper. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we will be right back with the second part of today's episode. All right, Sammy. I hated to cut you off there, but I could Not tell this was, this was, we had, we had a fun, uh, a fun debate. I don't, I don't want to cut you short for the, for the ad break, like 30 seconds in. So I figured just let's get it over with. Cause I'm, I'm ready to yeah, talk about that. this. Go ahead. Bring it home. All right. It just, it feels like when people talk about Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen, um, sustainability always comes into question. And a lot of people online will try to say like Jordan Bennington can't repeat what he did last year. Like he was playing at the top of his game, using peak form, but that kind of performance is not sustainable. And what does he do? Comes out here, does what we know he's capable of, which is coming out after a loss and playing lights out, which he was for the majority of this game. Shutout wise. And just shuts up all the haters, makes some desperation saves left and right. And uh, I don't know. I I've, For a while, I've thought that Jordan Bennington is the real thing. Um, but I hope that people league-wide start to understand that he's the real deal. Yeah, and, and I think... Um... I mean, a common expression is just goalies are weird. Goalies are voodoo. Um, And I think, I think you see it a lot with a guy like, you know, I mean, for example, a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky just signed one of the biggest goalie contracts in in league history and then just has an absolute stinker of a season in Florida. It's a very, it's, it's it's a position that very much goes beyond simply uh, athletic ability or ability at the position. It's a very, mentally demanding position it's a very um situationally dependent situ- uh position you know like if you're not with the right team if you're not with a team that that maybe is a sound defensively or or you're not with a team that you're as comfortable with so you're mentally you're off it can be night and day difference i mean or the fans are always blasting you online right. and I think what they- what better example do we have than a guy like jordan bennington who never really got the proper chance with a team and was bouncing around between you know, teams and never really got like a, a proper look at, it, at an NHL level, um, refuses to go down to the ECHL, you know, obviously he's going to be not that good in, in the AHL if he's constantly, you know, fighting for, fighting for his, his, his rel- relevance. Um, and then he gets one shot in the NHL. What does he do? He goes on and wins a championship and then next season bounce, it comes back and faces, probably even more pressure than he did in the first year because, you know, he could go out and have a sh- shitty few months and his career's over. 
because that's makes it. Makes an all-star appearance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead, what does he do? He makes an all-star appearance, leads the team right back to the p- potential one seed in the playoffs as of right now. Um, you know, standings-wise, we'll get into the, the loss and what it means soon. But we've been having a good episode so far, so <laughs> let's stay away. Um, no, but really, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he, he honestly – surpassed my expectations this year. I think I can now officially say that now that this regular season is over, I was fully expecting him to just have an average NHL season and be completely fine with it. You know, I wasn't expecting him to be this dominant goaltender that he was the year before because that's hard to come by. And and I wasn't setting my expectations that high, but what does he do? He goes out and he does it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think everyone was expecting regression from him just because his numbers were so insane. Um, and I think we've seen that a little bit this year, but not to the extent where he's like, like you said, like kind of like fallen off a cliff and like returned to normalcy, or even worse than that, like Bobrovsky and kind of just like shit the bed. Um, but I think he seems like one of those goalies where he just thrives under pressure. And I yeah. think because I mean his game seven stats. And elimination games like speak for themselves. Um, so, and having a guy like that in your net is it changes the game, you know. And having a guy that you can that the defense can rely on to like steal a game and use less energy than like just going full tilt the whole time and making sure like they stifle every every single shot. I think that is crucial to a playoff run as well because as we always say about playoffs, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And the, if you can get a win with the least amount of energy exerted, I feel like that's worth two points, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I, I think we can stop dancing on the subject. Scott, stop on the subject. <laughs> Blues actually played a hockey game today. Um, yeah. And we will stop using, we will stop using euphemisms and, and, and dancing on it. They lost that hockey game. Um <sighs> they went I want to preface everything by saying I understand if you want to come at me and say I'm a homer for this take or that I'm biased because the Blues lost today and it's easy to just blame the referees <laughs> but that being said I don't think the Blues lost today because of the referees but I think league-wide there is a problem right now mm. with penalties being called way too often in a playoff format because there's no reason like the team that's better skilled will always win and the team that deserves to win will always win unless you bring in like I guess I mean special teams are part of the game right but a a referee should not have his hand in the cookie jar of the determination of a winner in a game and for me I mean we, we saw Craig Berube yelling at the referee because the play that happened in front of our net that was called a penalty just happened two minutes, not even in two minutes, 30 seconds earlier down at their end, and it wasn't called. And I, I, Craig Berube doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to get all bent out of shape at a referee for a call that's supposed to be made, you know? He'd rather get on his players about being disciplined. So, and I think, what was it? Winnipeg was like 0 for 7 on power plays today, which is just like... Seven penalties just blows my mind. So I feel like, and it's weird to me because, like, last year a lot of people complained about, oh, like, they're putting their whistles away and, like, it's more physical game in the playoffs. So it's strange to me how they almost, like, flipped a 180 
and are like, oh yeah, now if you touch anybody, like we're going to call it. So yeah, but and it's I also think- early on and it's, and it's round robin games. So the referees have to get their feet under them too. I understand that, but I'm just voicing my frustration to you guys. Yeah. So yeah. And I think my take as someone who has refereed um, youth hockey before, I understand the concept of it to an extent, obviously NHL, completely different planet but right. i will say from my experience the game looks a hell of a lot faster from an on ice official's perspective than you would imagine i remember having immense difficulty judging these 13 year old kids and the and the plays they were making at their skating speed i can i can only imagine what it must be like in nhl that being said i know there have been countless countless quotes and 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 accounts that basically say Penalties happen a gazillion times a game. There are exactly. a, there are a billion hooks, a billion slashes, a billion cross checks. It's all about. It's not about calling them all. It's not about calling every single one that you see. It's about using your judgment and saying, okay, yeah, that was a trip, but nothing really came out of it. Or yeah, that was a trip. It was accidental, but it it it, deter- it gave a clear a clear advantage to one team. One team clearly got the puck. And and, and that's when I think the, the frustrations as a fan can really come in is when there's no consistency there. And when sometimes they're calling, you know, these the ticky tack trips and hooks that, okay, yes, sure. By the rule book definition, that was a hook. Like the, the one at the end of the game. Yes, yeah. that was but a in hook. in the playoffs, with it, less than it, two minutes left in the third period, you're going to call that. Were the, really? did, did did that did that play right there cause a significant enough advantage to not only justify a call there but justify a call in comparison to all the other no calls from the game? The exactly. the the precedent that the game had set was that yes, they're making making some more calls than usual, but that still that was not the norm. If that call was the norm. If that was the the normal precedent that they were setting for the entire game, like you said, that one two minutes prior in front of the Blues net would, or in front of the in front of uh, the Colorado net, where it happened to us, would have been called. Uh, it's and, tough. And don't get it twisted. Blues are third. We're third in the league this season in power play. So this isn't just us like being homers or whatever because our team can't score on the power play or what have you. Like it's it's in our benefit to be on the power play. No, there will. There will I want. I want the team that wins the game to win because of skill right. and because of a sick goal scored, not because of the advantage that a referee was giving them, even if that's the St. Louis Blues. Like, right. I'll take a win that's, like, gift basket, like, in a gift basket from the referees, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to like it as much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take one more short break, and we will wrap today's episode up with our final thoughts on today's matchup. All right, Sami. I got to ask. Got to bring it up. Was it a goal? <laughs> Was it a goal? Uh, for me, mm-hmm. I... It, to me, I think at game speed, if it's called a goal, you keep it a goal. Yep. And That's I think your, your take is my take. Go, if you go to the replay for that amount of time, there is no possible way what you're looking at is conclusive. Because if it was conclusive, you'd call yeah, it a goal right away. But if you stare at something long enough, it starts looking like something else. And I think that's what happened. But as we kind of said, the game doesn't really matter in the long scheme of things. It's not an elimination game. But I mean, 
if you think about it, like domino effects happen and it could change the matchup and whatever. I still have faith in the blues. I have faith that they'll bounce back like they always do after the hand pass. Not to say this is the same instance as the hand pass, but anytime poor officiating happens or something that they don't agree with that directly affects the outcome of a game, they always come back hard. They always come back hard anyways. So there's no reason for me not to have faith in them. I'm just frustrated with the outcome of this game. And I'm frustrated because it seems like every time, every time they go to replay, man, it's like a crapshoot. Like you could be staring at something and be like, oh, there's no way this isn't called a goal. And then they go to the replay and they're like, yeah, not conclusive. Like you can see like everything. And then other times you're like, oh, there's no way this is a goal. And they call it, it just feels like it's a 50 50 shot every time and nobody really knows what's going on. Especially in all terms right. of goalie interference. All right. all right, Tommy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little devil, devil's advocate right here. I'm gonna use this overlining. Let's have that whole, the whole frame of your argument was, man, it feels like every time I'm talking about replay reviews, it's got, we're getting screwed. We, Tommy, we have not been able to complain about a St. Louis Blues replay review in five friggin' months. <laughs> That's true. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad we're able to talk about this. It again. would not be the return of Blues hockey <laughs> if we didn't have some oh, tiny little detail to bitch about for 25 minutes. <laughs> that, uh, bro, that is the truest shit ever. You really I'm think we could have gone out and see, seen like a four to one win with with one power play goal from McKinnon no. and and no, uh uh-uh. uh. It had to be, uh, had to be a, a questionable penalty call with, with with two minutes left, and then uh, and then of course the closest buzzer beater you've ever seen. This is the <laughs> only way for Blue Hockey to come back. Someone needs to run. There's no there's no possible way any <laughs> any goal has gone in with less amount of time. There's no way. And you know, Half what? a tenth I, of a second. But just. Add it to the list. Last place in the NHL. Rookie NHL goalie. Interim head coach. Hand pass. <laughs> Add it to the list. Add it to the list. At this point, it's humorous how much adversity this team goes through. And yeah, maybe maybe we're being like a little, oh, woe is me. But whatever. I... I, I my my uh the, my tweet that I will die on the hill that I will die on. I, I tweeted it out a couple of years ago. I said when the Blues win a Stanley Cup, I am going to be the most annoying person ever about it, and I am sticking to that. Oh. I'm I'm being just as annoying as as all the no cup jokes were over the many years of, of yeah, being exactly. on Twitter as a Blues fan before 2019. So I will I will have my cake and I am going to also eat it too. <laughs> um, it's a damn good cake too. Mm, it is. We are the we are the longest. We have the single longest single season cup defense in history, Tommy. We have defended. We've taken our cup defense into August. That has never been done before. Never. Never. Wait till we go back to back, man. People are gonna be so pissed. They're gonna be so mad. <laughs> like, are you Clip kidding? It. Clip it and yeah, rip it, baby. Send that. All right. Oh, all right. This is getting a little rambunctious. Um, all right. I miss getting rambunctious about hockey, Tommy. This is this this has been a good day. It's been a good weekend. Um, back to work tomorrow. Back back out of back to reality, but still, it's gonna be a fun week. Uh, just to touch on real fast before we go, it was nice to see uh, Vince Dunn back on the yes, roster. Yes, absolutely. He, surprise, 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 surprise edition. He played really well. No, he did play really well. Most comfortable up there. 
made a couple pa- made a couple passes that made me go, oh shit, oh good pass. Which like, yeah. I feel like he does that a lot. I feel like he takes those uh those risky passes. But hey, when he's pulling them off, can't compl- can't complain, can't complain. All right, it's been a fun episode today. Uh, Not the best result in the Blues game. Whatever, we know they'll bounce back. They'll doesn't be- matter. Doesn't count. Back to back, baby. All right. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Um, We're really excited about bringing you guys some episodes this week. We've been waiting for this weekend in particular for a long-ass time, ever since March 12th or whatever the hell hockey died. Um, So we are so excited to bring you guys some episodes this week. Cannot wait. So stay tuned for that. Enjoy. Follow us on Twitter to stay updated at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter at Puelcher15. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.